What is the Podcaster Matrix? The Podcaster Matrix is your source for podcast media hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. Welcome to Small Business Saturdays. The Small Business Saturdays podcast. With your host and my husband. And my dad, Aaron Montgomery. Join the conversation. Let's talk some business. Hey guys, how are you? Welcome to Small Business Saturdays. Four o'clock in the afternoon here. So uh, sorry for the late start. Uh, the, the goal was to do this at 7 a.m. this morning, but uh, Actually, the little guy you heard there at the end, uh, that's my son, Lewis, and uh, he just turned eight yesterday. So we went out and celebrated at Texas Roadhouse and uh, I think we followed it up with a little bit too much um, ice cream, ice cream cake, Coke, chocolate milk, probably not the best combination for a newly minted eight-year-old. So uh, we were up a little bit late last night. He was not feeling very well. So uh didn't quite make it out of bed in time after uh, getting all that <laughs> taken care of and and uh, just didn't want to be exhausted all day today. So um, skip to 7 a.m. here at 4 p.m. and uh, really appreciate you guys tuning in here today. So today I'm, I'm really actually kind of pretty excited and, and honestly proud about this uh, opportunity here today. So today I wanted to just talk about customer experience and why that equals more profits and and this is actually what started this whole small business saturdays thing back in may of 2017 uh my first two i don't know what we'll call them episodes they were terrible uh, i'm sure not that <laughs> uh you know so i don't know if they were terrible but it was more of a just a wide open discussion of me out into the public recorded in a place so i had to actually try to say things smart that uh sounded correct because I really wanted to explore this topic. I I just kind of really dove into trying to understand why I felt this way and, and what I could do to kind of prove it to people, I guess, was was the best way to put it. So I wanted to write an article about it, I wanted to blog about it or something like that. And honestly, uh, it's come full circle. Uh, I just finished off... Uh, Gosh, last weekend, weekend before last, something like that. The last of three uh, seminar sessions that I did at the DAX shows. And uh, that seminar, I actually presented two seminars there. The business plan seminar that you guys all know I'm a big proponent of is the business plans and whatnot. But uh, the second one was being customer centric equals more profits. So um, there's the my notes from <laughs> from the show. Those of you over here on Instagram, there you go. <laughs> trying two different things. So have, have fun, everybody. Anyhow, um, so it went really well, went full circle. And, and honestly, what I was missing in those first two segments, I think, was, was the profit. Where, where did the profit come from? You know, I, I've always known and, and felt really confident about the fact that being customer-centric is just the right way to do business. But I didn't know how to prove it to people that, that there was profits involved. So I, I was able to do that. And and that's been really fun. So I really kind of want to visit, revisit this whole thing and just kind of, I don't know, in a way, put a bow on top of it. So uh, that way we we feel like we've covered this. And and again, I'm super proud about this whole thing. And, and I really appreciate you guys helping me work through this over the span of the last two years on Small Business Saturdays. So um, 
let's do that. Let's let's dive right into this and and get some of that stuff. If you guys are listening live, if you're checking it out live, love to have your comments, feedback. Let me know who's tuning in. I know uh, some folks couldn't quite make it this afternoon that we're hoping to make it today. Uh, prom is happening in some places, and obviously tomorrow is a big day for Mother's Day. So uh, definitely a happy Mother's Day to everybody out there. But um, all right, so let, let's talk about this. So customer centric. So I actually found this definition in businessdictionary.com and it says uh, customer centric equals creating a positive consumer experience before, during, after the point of sale. A customer centric approach can add value to a company by enabling it to differentiate itself from competitors who do not offer the same experience. So to me, profit is more than money though. It's it's a successful business that you have a passion for being a part of daily. It's where your employees and you want to show up every day because it's enjoyable. It's someplace that you don't dread showing up there because you have to deal with those customers that that you hate that uh you know you're just trying to pay the bills, but it's a dreaded dreaded opportunity to to work every day. And and so when I'm talking about profit, obviously we want to talk about money profit because that's what we're all in business for. And, and I will say it till, till my grave that profit is not a dirty word. You're providing value. You should get something in return for it. And that's profit. And that profit is used to pay your bills, take care of your family, do the things that you need to do to continue to give back to the world. So profit is not a dirty word. But I also think that profit needs to encompass even more. So profit monetarily, profit physically, profit mentally and emotionally, all of those things to me are, are kind of wrapped into being a customer-centric business. So um, my question for you guys is, and, and somewhat rhetorical, but but feel free to dive in here if you've got a, a comment for me. Can you easily reference the names, products purchased, and something personal about the top 20% of all your customers? So I'm going to let that sink in for one, one second here. I'm going to ask you one more time. Can you easily reference the names, the products that are purchased, and something personal about the top 20% of your customers? See, that top 20% of your customers, that's what we're really talking about when, we come, when we're talking about being customer-centric. These are the people that we're focusing on. These are the customers we want to be centric towards. The bottom 80% or, or, or all the rest, we certainly want to be customer-focused. But when we think, act, do, it's all about what that top 20% is all about because if you can grow that part of your business, that top 20% is actually going to be doing 80% of all of the business that you do. That bottom 80% is going to cause you most of the headaches and problems. So, you know, those, again, we're going to make policies. We're going to do things that actually works for everybody. But when we go to go, who's going to, who do we need to make this easiest to do business with us? It's that top 20% of your business. So with that in mind, um, let's, let's talk a little bit more about this. So we've already broke down kind of the middle of the seminars before, and I'm going to actually pop those up here. Um, if you want to go back and, and watch, I'm sorry, let's put this one up first. So that was the start of the seminar kind of like 
who we want to be talking about, why we want to be customer centric. Then we got into the metrics to measure. And uh, you can actually go rewatch this video if you just go to my, go to this page here, aaronmontgomery.info slash ccmetrics. That'll take you over to the Facebook video on that. And you can rewatch that part. So that's that's what we're talking about. How did we do um, with what we're looking at? You know, are, are we looking at things that are worthwhile for our customers? Or are we looking at things that are just worthwhile for us as a company? Um, so dig through that. We're not going to go through that today. Then the next part that we did a few weeks later, I think, it, and these have all been a few weeks back. So that's why I went ahead and, and made short, uh, pretty links for them here. So aaronmontgomery.info slash attracting. And this is where we went through attracting the right customers. How do we do that? Core values are why and really thinking about what their problems are and, and going that route with it. So we're going to not go over those things, but those are key pieces to this whole shell here so go back check those out and uh, look at this guy eric campbell love this guy he is producing even on a saturday for my small business saturdays <laughs> not even two regular guys what a guy eric i obviously owe you a beer you know this um <laughs> all right so we're attracting the right customers cc metrics all those things thanks so much eric um all right so we, so we went through those Let's now go through the kind of the the end part, uh, not end, middle to end part of it here. And my guy, Eric, love you, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Putting putting the comments in there for me. All right. So let's let's do this. Let's let's dive into these slides and kind of finish this up, revisit it, wrap it up, put a bow on it, whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. All right. So here's where we got after we were attracting the customers. And I'm gonna hide that so we can see the whole piece. <laughs> uh, Eric says he's working on something else, had to listen. Thank you, Eric, appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for tuning in. All right, so here we go. Let's let's dive into this. Let me get uh, the right things on the screen here. Oops, sorry. Makes for great listening. Right? All right, so. The whole goal of this is to make the experience for your best customers. Again, not all of them, but that top 20% are your best customers. 20% is just kind of a, a round number to kind of look at, but but your best customers, the one that's that you love doing business with, um, those are the ones that you want to keep coming back. You want to maintain the integrity of the bond to your customers. Don't break the chain. Now, this comes from a uh, blog post that, uh, that I've talked about from Seth Godin. And uh, you can check that out. Just shoot me a message and I'll send that over to you. But um, in fact, once we get a little further along here, I'll give you a place where you can get all of the notes, all the information here. Um, so that's what you want to want to be thinking about here. We don't want to break that chain with those people. So here's an analogy that I like to use. Think of your favorite grocery store. You know, you're, you're, you and your customers, excuse me, your customers, you and I are just the same as your customers. So if we're thinking about our favorite grocery store, I'll, I'll use me as an example. Um, and I think I've maybe told this story before, but there's a grocery store that's closer to us that we don't go to. There's a grocery store that's closer to us that uh, supposedly is a higher end grocery store that we don't go to. There's a grocery store that's closer to us that is also a less expensive grocery store that we don't go to. 
the grocery store that we go to is the one that we are attracted to. It's the one that we like. It's the one that we feel most comfortable going to. Now, with that being said, that doesn't mean the other three grocery stores are any different. In fact, um, one of the closer grocery stores is actually the same chain. It's a Schnucks uh, is the name of it here in St. Louis that I go to. And there's a Schnucks that's a little bit closer to us, but we go to one that's a little bit further away. It's laid out a little bit differently. Employees are different. It, it just has a different vibe to it. And again, the other three are just fine and, and they do business and they do just fine on their own, but they're attracting different people. I, I'm attracted to this one. Again, your customers are the same way. Why do they come to you? Why do they go to you instead of the other screen printers in your town? Or why do they go to you instead of buying their shirts at customink.com or Zazzle or Cafe Press or whoever? Um, you know, what is the reason that those customers come to you? And that is the customer experience. So think about it in that frame. What are the things that draw you to places? My guess is, is what draws you to places are also some of the same values that are drawing people to you. Um, on top of that, every customer is a publisher or a media outlet nowadays. So think about what it is that they're saying about you after they've had that experience with you. Here's a, here's an example. You've ever heard of a person named Alexa Chung? Um, I'm guessing most of you haven't. I didn't until I researched it uh, last night. So she has 3.3 million followers on Instagram. 3.3 uh, million followers on Instagram and somebody that most people probably have no idea who that is. Now, let's say Alexa was your customer. Would it not be awesome to have the potential for 3.3 million people to be uh knowing about your business and possibly coming your way because you gave her a great experience. Who is it that's coming into your business that you don't really know who they are? And uh, they could be, again, the next Alexa Chung here that has 3.3 million followers. They could be the, you know, the social media world today is so crazy that it's all about influencers and, and everything's powered by reviews. It's Yelp and Etsy and Google reviews and all these other things. So that customer experience becomes more and more important every day because that's what our world is right now. So think about that. You don't want to give your customer a reason to go elsewhere. The customer experience is what your company is known for. It's not what you say you're known for. That doesn't count. What counts is what people are saying about you. So if you can't say without a shadow of a doubt what your company is known for, then right now is the time to go start figuring that out. And the only way, the best way to do that is just start asking. Ask that top 20%. What are we as a company? How do you see us? How would you describe my company to your friends? You know, start asking those questions and find that out because that is what your customer experience is. And so once you have that in line and cleaned up, now we can get on to some other things. So let's move on to the next slide here. And um, it's slowly coming in, I believe. Come on. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. So a lot of times we do confuse customer service with customer experience. and 
really what the customer experience is, is the entire time the customer is in contact with your business. I don't know if you remember when I read the customer centric uh, business dictionary definition, it was before, during, and after the sale. So I've actually broken this down into four phases for us here so we can take a look at what we need to do to kind of fix and review some of these these areas to improve our customer experience. So the first phase here is going to be our, uh, I don't, I've, I've had all sorts of different names for it over time here, but uh, basically what, <laughs> what the name of it is here, sorry, I'm pulling, I'm I just went completely blank. Okay, there we go. It's the discovery phase. It's This is the morning. Wow, I really blanked out there. So um, I guess I did stay up too late last night <laughs> trying to clean up. Uh, yes, anyhow, we won't go into that. That's gross. All right, so <laughs> the first phase is the discovery phase. This is the marketing and sales phase of things. This is where it's important that your message is clear and that you're attracting the right people. So does your message, your marketing message, your sales process is it make them feel welcome is it easy to get the details that they want a uh, good example of this would be a printing company i worked for a while back this was one of my early uh, sales jobs i was actually a commissioned salesperson and uh, terrible at it but that's that's a different story altogether i was a commissioned salesperson at this digital printing company and what they specialized in was super fast turnarounds uh, they had an early uh, Heidelberg DI, which is a digital press. So they didn't have all the long pre-press process back then. And, and this was fairly new technology at the time. And so, you know, again, the, the whole point was that they could turn things around super fast. Well, they had something in their discovery phase and their sales phase that uh, just didn't seem to jive with who they wanted to be, who they were. And uh, that was the quoting process. So the quoting process was arduous. There was one guy who was in charge of making all the quotes. He had an old school spreadsheet and uh, there was five, six, uh, maybe seven of us sales guys. I can't remember exactly. And uh, we basically would have to, I don't know, wait in line is basically the way it felt. Wait in line to get a quote. So I had lots of projects that actually ended up uh, taking longer to quote than it did to actually make and deliver to the customers. So there's an area of their customer experience that they needed to clean up. It, it was awful as the sales guy because you lost business because, well, these guys say they're really fast, but they can't get me a quote within a few hours. This is ridiculous. So think about what's happening in that discovery phase and that sales phase that doesn't jive with who you want to be as a company. All right. So the next phase here is the transactional phase. It's the taking the orders and getting the order details phase. So once the customer has made the decision to buy, what friction points are there that might make them regret that decision or worse yet, make them decide not to buy at all? So let's say you're in the e-commerce world. Maybe it's your shipping policy. Uh, maybe it's the fact that if your customer had to go through 24 pages to check out because they had to enter all sorts of information and details and blah, 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 blah. It's e-commerce. It's supposed to be fast, easy, and convenient. Uh, maybe you're making them sign off on so much stuff that they're nervous about uh, uh, even making the purchase because they feel like any mistake they make, you're going to just throw it back in their face and tell them they're a, a dummy. Uh, you know. So are, are you overdoing it on your policies and you have too many 
hardcore policies policies because you got burnt before one time. Um, think about those things. What is it in that process of getting the order placed to you, details, getting going, taking the money that doesn't jive with who you are as a company? All right. The third thing here. Hi, I'm Kyleen, and you're listening to an episode of the Small Business Saturdays podcast. Do you want to subscribe to the Small Business Saturdays podcast? Head over to smallbusinesssaturdayspodcast.com. There are tons of ways to subscribe. Click on your favorite and grab all the information about growing your small business. Cool. Seems like time standing still. All right. The the third phase here is the delivery phase. It's getting the items or service from you. So think about what happens once you're done with the job. Uh, If it's complete and they're all paid for, what are their expectations from you? Do you just shove it in a bag or a box and say, here you go? Do you just shove it in a bag or box and and pop it in the the post office and uh, hope that that $80 blanket shows up looking good? Um, What what kinds of things aren't you doing there that that doesn't jive well? So let's say, here's a good example. Let's say you're you're selling shirts for a run, uh, 10K, 5K, whatever, and they've ordered 25 medium shirts, they've ordered 100 large shirts, they've ordered 100 XL shirts, and 25 2XL shirts. I, I have no idea what the breakdown would be, but that seemed logical to me. So how are you delivering those to them? Are you just taking them all and stacking them in them, their sizes and printer folding them back into the same shirt boxes that you got the blanks in? Um, if that's the way you do it, have you ever tried handing out shirts to people at a race at 6 a.m. And, and getting that shirt out of the box? Uh, because that experience for, for not only the people getting the shirt, but also the people having to hand over the shirt is terrible. They're pulling it out of the box. It's not making any sense at all uh, What what's happening with it. You've got this big, massive pile of junk there. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just not good. So what is it that you could do differently there? An idea would be polybag them, each individual shirt. And once you've polybagged that shirt, stick a label on the outside of it that has the shirt size on it. Oh, and guess what else is on that label? Your company information. <laughs> so that person that gets the shirt, that's the runner, gets that shirt. They see the poly bag. They see it's from XYZ company and they go, oh, that's a good reminder. I actually need to buy some shirts next week. Perfect. I'll go to this one. This is the nicest presentation I've ever gotten when I've come to a race. Think about those things. So maybe the thing to take that even one step further would be offer the race to be part of creating the goodie bag that has the shirt in it. You know, they're going to get stuffers from their sponsors. They're going to get other stuff to give out. They're going to have race information. They're going to have the race number packet and all this other stuff. Well, if you can work with them and say, you know what, let me put those together for you. Let me take that off of your plate. You, you guys worry about all the stuff that you got to worry about because you're raising money for a great cause here. I'll take that off your plate. You get me all the stuff by X day. We'll put these all together for you. We'll even put together some extra ones just in case some people show up so you can grab those easily as well. And um, we'll put them all together for you. That's a value added service right there. 
yes, it's going to take you a little extra time. Yes, it's maybe going to take you a little labor. Maybe you have to hire the local uh, high school kids in your neighborhood to uh, have a little packing party one night. But what could you profit from that? That is a profit center. And again, profit is not a dirty word. This is a value added service that you're giving them. So is there profit to be had there? The best way to find this stuff out, again, ask your customers, find out what it is that they need, find out what it is that you could do better. Can you help them with something? Once they got your shirts, what was it that you could have helped them more with? Ask the question, that's all you gotta do. All right, and then the fourth and final phase, this is the after phase, the use phase. This is every time the customer interacts with your product. And here's where a lot of people really get this wrong. And, and this is kind of where sometimes that whole customer experience and customer service thing don't always weigh out, but they forget that this phase is probably the most important phase really. And typically when things happen in this phase that are part of the customer experience, it's all about you trying to put the blame back onto the customer for what they did quote unquote wrong. So you've stuffed washing instructions in there. You've made them sign off on 8,000 things. You're, you're doing all these things to protect yourself. And uh, that's great and that's fine. And that's something that you certainly should do because it makes that conversation a little bit easier when things do fall apart, but the warranty never runs out on a customer. And guess who your customer is? Whoever gave you money is your customer. Now, once you take money from them, they're your customer. So what you should be doing is setting the expectations early. So instead of putting the wash instructions in with the shirt only, you should still do that. But you should also let them know, hey, here's what we, what we recommend as the best way to care for these so you get the most value and love out of them long term. You make that part of your sales process. It's not a negative thing. It's a positive thing that you are the shirt expert. You know what it's going to take to make this thing be the best shirt that they've ever owned. Um, do you do your own wash testing? Do, do you test, wash test the your shirts, make sure that your dryer's curing properly as often as you can. What do you know about the garments that you're printing on? Have you ever actually worn those yourself? You know, if you're, you're going to a new garment or, or something like that, make sure that you wear them because some shirts that I've owned, you'll wash them once and uh, all of a sudden I would never want to wear that thing again. It's like, it just doesn't feel good. So think about what, what they feel like and think about that whole part of it. And then here's the real important part. If you have employees that are dealing with customers in a customer service environment, you must, must, this is like all caps, bold, whatever you, you must empower them to put them in the customer's shoes. I'm sorry, you must empower them to put themselves in the customer's shoes. This is not a, here's your policy book, here's your script, here's what you read. This is Sally customer service, John customer service, you are empowered to put yourself in that customer's shoes and look at the problem from that side of things. If you're the customer service person and you're passionate about your business, this could be the most challenging thing that you do in your business, but you must put yourself in the customer's shoes. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to bend over backwards immediately and this give them the the solution that you think that they're going to want. This means that you need to have a conversation with them in a calm and logical way. 
and let them tell you what's going on. Let them tell you what's bothering them and then say, okay, so what, what do you think we should do about that together as partners here? And then shut up because we go, well, what do you think we should do about it? Should I replace it? Should I? No, say, what do you think we should do about it? And then be quiet. Let them tell you what they think you should do about it because nine times out of 10, what they think you should do about it is probably going to be half of what you would have actually offered up because you were just trying to get this situation over with. So say, what is it that we can do to make this right? And then let them tell you. And you know what? That 10th time where it's something crazy and outrageous, do it anyways. Do it anyways. I, I know. I've, I've had people look at me. In fact, I had a guy in Chicago, I think, uh, get up and walk out after I said that. <laughs> he, he was not having it. But you know what? Do it anyways. Because that person is going to cause you more pain and suffering after the fact than what uh, you would have gotten in that one moment of just taking care of what, what needed to be done right now. And then here's how you solve it. You don't do business with that customer anymore. That's not the top 20%. That's not who you're focused on. So you don't want them to go out there and, and make waves for you, but you don't want to do business with them again. So you tell them no next time. Or my favorite thing is let them self-select that they're not going to do business with you anymore. So the next time they come around and they say, hey, I need to do these shirts again. And you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, unfortunately we've had some, uh, some price increases. Hey, guess what? <laughs> you're going to recoup some of that cost that you lost by um, taking it on the last job if they did, do decide to come back. We've had some some cost increases. So price has gone up uh, a bit. Uh, and also we just have some you know expectations that we want to get set up front for you because we want to have a better experience with you this time. Uh, we want you to have a better experience with us this time, those kinds of things. So once you take their money, again, the customer is always right at that point. It, the, the trick here is taking money from the right prospects so you can be successful. All right. All right. So moving on. And uh, if there's some stuff coming in here, I apologize because I had to uh, pop up another screen. <laughs> All right. We got some folks uh, checking in. And uh, Marianne, great to see you. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Eric, I, I want to pop this up before I get too much further along. Eric says, your brand is every experience that a customer has with you, not your logo, your slogan, or even your stated purpose. Worry more about that than your branding, folks. I always love how Eric ends things with folks. He's such an awesome dude. All right. <laughs> so let's get in. So this was the part that was really, to me, missing at the end of, of all this. Um, it's the profit. So we've gone through all this. You ask me, where is that profit, Aaron, that you've been promising me? Um, well, here we go. Let's dive into that. All right. So first thing we want to do is we want to raise prices. If you can make the changes or you that we've been talking about, or you can really truly say that you're a customer-centric company, price will not matter. Um, I've found that whenever I've done business with, where I felt I was at, I'm sorry, let me go back and, and rephrase that. I found that whenever I've done business with somebody where I felt I was the center of their business, the cost was really not much significance to me. My wife and I were having this conversation about our, our kitchen reno that we went through last year. The experience was fantastic. They communicated, they were open, they were honest. There were a couple of little hiccups along the way. And instead of trying to put the blame on us, 
they asked us what we sh would like to do to work together on the situation. And we said, you know what, you guys have been great. Let's just deal with it and move on. No big deal. Uh, you know, so they could have said, well, you know, you told us that it was going to be okay. And blah, blah, blah. no, they came at us nicely. And they said, they asked us what we could, they could do to make it right for us. We, we went through the whole experience. It was great. We certainly could have gotten a very similar kitchen from somebody else for probably a little bit less money, but guess what? We were happy with the experience. We were happy to pay what we paid. And, um, one of these days, I'm going to actually get it in writing so I can remember it. But Greg Kitson has a great saying. If those of you don't know Greg Kitson, he's with Mind's Eye Graphics up in uh, Decatur, Indiana, I believe is where he's at. And uh, Greg always talks about uh, his goal is to get customers to uh, want to have the products and, and be so happy that uh, they're willing to pay the price that that they charge. So um, I'll get the, it's it's way better than what I just said. So I'll get it from him and uh, actually put it down in writing and remember it for once. But uh, um, so the price part is is one of those things where I think as soon as you feel comfortable about your customer experience, or even before you do, go out and raise your prices. Again, profit's not a dirty word. And if this makes you a little uncomfortable, if, if me saying raise your prices makes you uncomfortable, well, maybe start just raising the prices of that bottom 80%. Uh, I hate to say this, but I'm going to let you off the hook a little bit. Maybe it's just the bottom 50%, but raise your prices. It doesn't have to be a lot. It can be 5%. It can be a little bit, but you should raise your prices. Go out, be confident in what you do. You are a customer-centric business, and if you can confidently say that. And if you follow along with what we've been talking about here, you can definitely say that you should raise your prices. All right. So there's the first way that we're going to get some more profit out of this whole experience. The second way, and if you're, you're a salesperson out there and you're, you're listening to this, uh, bear with me, we're going to fire the salespeople, but we're going to fire the salespeople that are commission only salespeople. And these are the folks that are, you know, what, what I was doing back in the day, taking a printed catalog and a box of donuts to places, trying to woo your way past the gatekeeper. That stuff doesn't work anymore. That it just doesn't really fly as well anymore these days. Um, again, time in my life that I did this and I was awful at it. The successful salespeople today aren't really salespeople. They're long-term thinkers. They're thinking about value-added relationships, they're building those relationships. That's what sales is in today's world. So if you have commission-only salespeople, you need to let them go because here's the deal. If commission is what's driving somebody as a salesperson, yes, they can turn some customers. But typically, when they're getting paid a commission to do something, they're going to oversell your company. They're going to take any orders from anybody that has money. Um, Terry, my podcast buddy and I used to joke all the time that, man, that guy seemed really smart when he had a credit card in his hand, talking about somebody that probably didn't need to have a direct to garment printer because they weren't quite ready for it yet. So if commission is what you're paying people to bring business in, uh, you may want to rethink that and take that 10% that you're paying somebody and put it back into your profit, put it back into your pockets because your customers are actually going to become your best salespeople if you're really focused on being customer centric here. So that's the second way you're gonna fire the salespeople. Um, Eric had another comment here that I wanna share. 
says, so many decorators I talk to are not only undercharging, they are regularly forgiving fees and discounting. Start by literally not discounting before it's ever a question from the customer if you're scared to increase your price. Um, this is that's actually really interesting that you say that, Eric, because I was actually having a conversation with my dad last night and he is uh, in the process of moving and he got a quote online for a move. He ended up calling the guy just to kind of get some details and stuff like that. He called the guy and without even asking, the guy lowered his price. He lowered his original price. My dad never said a word. My dad was calling to get details on on the move and find out some more information about it. But the guy just lowered his price. Did my dad say, oh, no, I'll pay the higher price? Heck no. <laughs> my dad's like, sounds good. And now that he knew the guy was willing to lower his price, well, now it was, oh, well, you know what? Uh, I, I need you to do this. You think you could throw that in? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You, you, and, and can you store it an extra day for me and, and throw that into the cost? Oh, perfect. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. So don't discount. Don't automatically discount. If you're going to lose a job because you didn't discount it enough, that might not be the right job for you. Um, now, there's a situation where you know that that job is the exact exact right job for you. And, and uh, you know, there's a good story and there's a good reason. But if your whole way of closing deals is by lowering your price, whew, ouch, don't do it. I've done it. Don't do it. All right, <laughs> back, back, back to the uh, the third thing here, the third profit area. The third profit area here is slash your marketing budget. What is your marketing budget for AdWords, for social media ads, for radio, for TV, whatever it is that you're you're doing out there? So think about that number for a second. I'm going to let that sink in while I uh, check into Eric's. Uh, <laughs> there, there you go. Eric says they can smell that desperation. Yes, your customers can can smell it too, for sure. Um, good stuff. Thank you, Eric. All right. So you've thought about it. You've, you've thought about what your, your budgets are for that stuff. Okay. So let's say your budget's $100 for that. Take that number, cut it in half. Now your marketing budget's only $50. Here's why. If you're focused on the customer experience and you're confident in your customer experience, you can take that 50% and you can put it into your pocket. And here's how you do that. Uh, there's a book, and I'm going to put a link up to it right here. And this is an affiliate link, so I'm just being upfront with you. Um, it'll it'll help me if you buy it from there. But if not, you can go look it up. Um, it's called Talk Triggers. Uh, it's written by a guy named Jay Bear and another co-author that I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But um, what Talk Triggers is all about is what uh, people refer to as WOM marketing, word of mouth, word of mouth marketing. Word of mouth should be 85% of all the marketing that you do if you're a customer-centric business. So think about what it is that you do to attract word of mouth referrals. A lot of people look at word of mouth marketing as just something that happens. But this book will give you all sorts of techniques, ideas, ways to make your customers talk about you in a positive light that's going to generate business for you. And most of the techniques that they have there are free. So we've taken your $100 a month, we split it in half, and we've put that $50 a month into your pocket. And all you've got to do is just focus your marketing more on word of mouth and less on AdWords and Facebook ads and whatever else that, that it is that you're doing. Not to say that you don't need to do a little bit of that, but whatever level you're doing it at now, 
once you've made these changes or once you feel confident enough to be that customer centric business, now you can take that money and put it right back in your pocket. All right, there we go. Thank you, Eric, once again. I think that's it, okay. So that's that's kind of how I closed out the seminars and uh, I appreciate everybody uh, taking the time to, uh, if you want, I, now you weren't in the seminars, but guess what, you get a, you get a freebie here. If you go over to airmontgomery.info slash seminars there and check that out, um, I'm gonna ask you one question and, and just answer it honestly for me. Um, basically again, I give you a scale of one to 10 and then have you follow it up. Uh, so once you answer that, it's gonna take you to a page that you can download all of the notes, all of the information of all of the seminars I've ever done. Um, I don't know, ever done. Most of them, let's say most of them. <laughs> um, and, and so there's, I, I think there's some good information there. In fact, I know there's some good information in there um, and I'd love for you guys to have it. There's no charge for it, obviously, other than giving me one minute of your time to, to answer a question. And uh, there we go, cool. So how do we do? How do we do today, guys? Um, <laughs> we, I had plenty of brain farts here. Let's get the video back up. All right, good stuff, thank you. Good deal. All right. So there we go. Um, shall we celebrate? I think we should celebrate. And here's why. Two years ago, my whole goal was to set off to kind of really wrap my head around this whole being customer centric equals more profits thing. And I was struggling and, and I knew that I needed to really kind of dive into this whole thing and um, yeah, just spend some time thinking about it. So uh, I, I cannot Thank you guys enough, everybody that's listened, tuned in, commented, been a part of this. Uh, not only was I able to accomplish my goal of, of really kind of feeling comfortable with this whole topic, but I feel like we've built a little bit of a community here and, and I love this and I'm gonna just keep doing it for as long as you guys will have me. So celebration, yes, and uh, I live in St. Louis, so the celebration is going to continue as I go and watch the Blues game tonight. So let's go Blues. Those of you who live in San Jose or fans of the Sharks, I'm sorry, we're we're on different sides of the fence tonight. So um, there we go. All right, guys. Anything else before I get out of here? Uh, those of you, there we go. Got to have a few people join me over on Instagram too. That was just for fun. I don't think I'll be doing that a whole lot, but uh, at the back end look over there. <laughs> um, last thing I want to say is I just want to give a shout out, special shout out to all the moms out there. Uh, happy Mother's Day tomorrow. Uh, my wife, Kyleen, I love you so much. You are a fantastic mother, and I am so grateful to have you in my life. And uh, my mom, Roberta, I love you very much too, mom. Thanks for everything that you've always done for me. Thanks for uh, helping me get to this point where I'm a successful grown man here. So I, I, obviously without my mom, I couldn't have done it. And uh, she's an amazing person. And uh, I get to see her in a couple of weeks. So I'm pretty excited about that. All right, guys. Have a great rest of your weekend, and uh, we will talk to you next Saturday. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Small Business Saturday Podcast. We appreciate having you as part of the community of listeners. Tune in for the live video sessions at facebook.com slash aaronmontgomery.info to become part of the active community. You can contact me directly at aaron at montcoconsulting.com. Thanks again for listening.